Hello and welcome to On Board with Cruise Passenger, a podcast series for people who choose to cruise and those considering a cruise holiday. Hello and welcome to another special edition of On Board with Cruise Passenger. I'm your host, Rose Jacobs. And I'm Peter Lynch, editor-in-chief of cruisepassenger.com.au and Cruise and Travel magazine. Now, Peter, I know this is a podcast particularly close to your heart. We are this week talking about French Polynesia, and I believe you've just returned. Yes, indeed, Rosie. We spent a fabulous fortnight in French Polynesia on board the Paul Gauguin, an amazing purpose-built luxury ship that carries just over 300 guests. I think it's one of the great undiscovered secrets of our region. Well, it was, Peter, but I think after today's <laughs> podcast, the secret may well and truly be released. I've got the Bora Bora hat, so in <laughs> case anybody wants to know more. <laughs> well, um, but look, that is a good thing, Rose. The people of the 118 islands rely on tourism, so this is a great way to have a relaxing time on one of the most beautiful places on the planet and help what I call one of the friendliest and happiest people on earth. Well, that's a pretty big call. Um, I know island island nations do all like to claim that because of the relaxed way of life. But yes. I'm very much looking forward to hearing more about that. But first, please let's introduce our guest for today's podcast. Joining us from New Zealand is Bianca Stratton, Business Development Manager with the luxury small ship cruise line Pernant, which recently purchased Paul Gauguin. She's also recently returned from a cruise around the islands and is equally smitten. Welcome, Bianca. Hi, Rose and Peter. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. And yes, you're correct. I'm a self-confessed huge fan of French Polynesia, but I don't know how you can't be. Well, that's true. I'm with you. (laughs) Great to have you with us today. Now, Bianca, I I really do have to say I'm getting the feeling from the two of you today that French Polynesia actually is something special. So I want to know, what's all the fuss about? Well, I I guess we have to tell her, eh, Bianca? Uh, Will you go first or shall I? I think you were on board more recently than I was, Peter, so I'm keen to hear your take on it. Yes, that's true. I was on board. Uh, And I'm glad you asked, Rose, because... (laughs) Here it comes. (laughs) (laughs) Let me describe our arrival at Papiate Airport. And I think this really typified our first introduction to French Polynesians. It's the capital of Tahiti, and picture the scene. It's 2 a.m., We've just flown in from Auckland. We had a long wait in Auckland. You'd expect a bunch of grumpy immigration officials, right? A few cab drivers and really not a lot else. Yeah, well, I'm thinking most people would be fast asleep. (laughs) Yeah, very sensible. (laughs) I would be. But here's what we got. We got three handsome men wearing floral headgear. Oh, you Even had me, better than this. You had right? me at handsome there, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Playing ukuleles like a heavy metal rock band <laughs> and singing happy songs at a group of colourfully dressed women passing around sweetly scented flowers as necklaces. Everybody was really happy. And before you knew it, the entire queue was dancing to the ukulele. Oh, wow. So they handed out champagne on this flight as well, by the sounds of it. (laughs) But that's the thing about French Polynesia. Everywhere you go, there's a ukulele. Girls wiggling their hips. And there is, like, there's no tomorrow. And I've got to say, I was sorely tempted to buy a ukulele. So you're lucky I've just got this hat. Thank God Teresa was with you and you wouldn't have been allowed to put one of those in the suitcase. Yep. 
The world has been saved, particularly the world of music. But look, that's not all. They have beautiful beaches, amazing azure waters, really amazing. We were one of our guests. I can remember said, who'd been before, said, "Stand by for an assault on your senses." And you know, when you see the colours, I absolutely knew what they meant. It's fabulous food. The most revered brand is a beer label featuring a Polynesian surfing girl. I mean, you know, yes. they, they just absolutely that's iconic. I know that got one. this. Off path. They've nailed it. And and that's just so simple, really, isn't it? It just speaks relaxation and time <sighs> on a beautiful tropical beach. I, I'm actually beginning to see why you <laughs> rate it so highly, Peter. Well, that's not all either. The French Polynesians are way ahead of us. While we're having a debate about food security, for instance, they only export 5% mm. of their fish. The rest is for local consumption. I have literally never seen so much tuna on sale anywhere. Those great Yum. hunks of white and red tuna at markets. It's absolutely amazing. And the fruits from pineapple, coconuts and mangoes, the lush land filled with the most fabulous produce. Okay, I'm getting quite hungry now. I'm thinking <laughs> some tuna curry for lunch. I yes. can imagine. <laughs> but there's another reason why the French Polynesians are happy. And you may know this, Bianca. They have one of the most laid-back lifestyles on earth. Tourism is the biggest industry, which means that we're incredibly welcome, and, and tourism is always fun. But the islands are French. A French protectorate, indeed. So almost half of their economy is, is supported by the French government. So no wonder they greet you with a friendly Ia Orana, because life for them is très bon. Mmm, that's so Gaelic, Peter. <laughs> Is that your best schoolboy French, that's yes? the best yeah. French okay. you're getting Ooh, out of me, la. I can tell you. All right. Now, surely there is more to French Polynesia than tuna and the ukulele. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not sure there is, really, but, is there? I think, <laughs> oh, I th yes, the hats. Yes, the hats. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you both cruised around the islands on board the Paul Gauguin. So in terms of a cruise ship, it doesn't get much better than this. Bianca, let's uh, let's dive deep into the ship herself. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, Peter, it is such a special place. Um, the locals are so happy. They're so genuinely happy to see you there, which is something that I think is really special. We actually bring locals on board and we have a troop called the Galgeens and Galgans that join us on the cruise. So they're with you the whole time and they share stories of traditional lands and history. They do, of course, the traditional dances while yes. you're on there oh, as wow. well. Mm. Yep, those astonishing hip movements uh, still have me enthralled. <laughs> and how the men manage to, sh to shake their legs in that way is just had me wriggling in my seat. To be honest. <laughs> I know. I think some of the some of the lady travellers just about fall off their chair when they don their their grass skirts and their shirtless and beautiful and tan. Oh, all that coconut oil this, <laughs> glistening yeah, exactly. everywhere. Yes, the stunning, colourful flower lays and you know the basket weaving. I was about to say, perhaps more dazzling are the smiles. These beautiful, big white teeth from all that coconut oil over the years, you know, that that's actually the secret ingredient to white teeth is coconut. It's true. I, yeah. I must say that is true. And the other thing I would say, perhaps not trying not to be politically incorrect, is that they have none of those body image problems that are, that 
seem to be the curse of the West. They they are some of them are fantastically slim. Some yeah. of them are well, you know well endowed. You know pr- probably thanks to um, a, the tapioca which they eat. It's because but they Peter, don't mind. They're just completely happy. No, it's the fresh produce that you mentioned earlier. Yes. you know they're not exporting all of their fresh produce. They're keeping that for for their own sustenance. Yep, they are. Absolutely. I'll have to send you a video of, um, it's uh, one of the overweight, shall we say, one of the big tribal chiefs stripped his shirt off and picked me to dance with him <laughs> in front of everyone. I'll have to send you the photo. It was, it was just hilarious. They are lovely. And uh, the thing is that they're completely unconscious of it. And uh, and that's great. Yeah. And they also wear those extremely silly hats, which I think helps a lot in terms of their their body image. I really couldn't believe that people absolutely wore those hats. Do you know the ones I mean? Covered in garlands. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, and they donned those on board as well, the Galgeans and Galgan. So they really, they kind of bring Polynesia to life. And it's, it's quite rare to have that cultural aspect not just while you're ashore, but, you know, it, it doesn't sleep. It's on board with you as well whilst you traverse across the islands. Yes. While we visited the ship's private island on Bora Bora, by the way, which is where my hat comes from. Uh, <laughs> you love that hat. <laughs> we actually had the group at a beautiful romantic blessing Aww. for an American couple who wanted to renew their vows. They played the music while the captain officiated. They did play the bridal song, by the way. Mm. Uh, then they wrapped the couple in a blanket to illustrate their love for each other which was really gorgeous and those flowers were absolutely everywhere and the couple were entranced Mm. and of course had great videos and pictures as a result oh i bet well paul gagan has attracted over fifteen thousand honeymooners (laughs) yeah so it is the 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 paradise for lovers isn't it it's the love boat well, it's the yeah. ultimate, that title, in, princess. The ultimate the in romance. <laughs> what, what more could you want than these white sand beaches and, you know, and, and such a, um, you know, a lack of crowds, you know, there's such a beautiful intimate sort of setting in there. That's that's as far Absolutely. as I yeah. Well, And the, the private beach that you speak about in Bora Bora is just one of the exclusive access areas that we have. Um, Mocha Mahana, which you would have visited, Peter, is... Yes. Um, our own private island in Taha'a. And when you talk about like that quintessential Polynesian postcard, this is it. You know, crystal clear, beautiful waters, white sand beaches. You can just wander off the beach, leave the barbecue, the Polynesian barbecue feast, if you will, into the water for snorkeling. And there's even a swim up bar as well. Yep. And an overwater place where you can have massage, uh, which was very popular while we were there. I mean, I really felt actually that because the uh, the Paul Gagnon has been there for so long, that not only did everyone on shore immediately, they would ask, are you from the Paul Gauguin? So, you know, it was re- and give you a great welcome. But also she obviously had special access to uh, a lot of the lagoons, which uh, other ships were perhaps not getting, which, which made us feel, you know, we're with the local ship, if you know what I mean, which is always a nice feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Our um, our reputation precedes us, and I think in the best way. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. That's agree. brilliant. Now, Peter, just 
we heard about the swim up bar and oh. the, you know, snorkeling with fish and whatnot. But I heard a little rumour that you had a special encounter in the water <laughs> yourself. Tell us about this. Well, uh, I don't, I'm not sure that I should be embarrassed or not. We took uh, two of the ship's excursions, actually, and all their excursions are really fun and, and, and really give you a chance to sample out island life. Uh, but one was in a glass bottom boat and one in a small catamaran with an outboard motor, which we steered ourselves in a convoy out to a little reef. And on both occasions, we jumped overboard and swam with stingrays and sharks. <gasps> oh, my yes. God. That's probably my worst fear. It wasn't at all. I mean, I've got to say it was amazing. And I actually kissed a stingray. You did what? I did. Haven't you heard I of I confessed Steve it all. Oh I'll tell God. you now. I kissed it. Not only did I pat it, <gasps> but I gave it a peck. Wow. Don't tell Teresa, but they come right up to you and they <laughs> literally envelop you with their with their wings. It's a truly unforgettable experience. Wow. And the sharks are swimming around. Why those sharks are not interested in me? Of course, I'm very grateful that they weren't. But but the rays really come up to you. I was told actually that uh, they they like to speak Tahitian, but that was told to me with a bit of smile. I reckon. That the um, pocketfuls of um, bait fish that the guys oh, had. Oh, that could have had something to do with it. Might have been, yeah, might have been the, the Bianca, the have you ever had a similar experience and, and what was that like for you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a keen scuba diver myself. Oh, so we it. were out in the Marquesas and we went to a place called Hammerhead Point and oh. I think instantly, you know, you get goosebumps. <laughs> Why is it called that? <laughs> <laughs> You'll never get we quite literally did this drift dive and we stopped on the bottom on the sand and we were looking up and there was about 14 hammerhead sharks. Oh. They're like the local scallop hammerheads were circling above us and the water's crystal clear. Mm. You can see for the 30 metres above you and it was just amazing. I still talk about it to this day. Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, so ours were black tips and looked a lot more well, friendly. friendly probably isn't the word for a shark, really. <laughs> but more reefy. But, you yeah. know, there was a really surreal moment because I also took some scuba diving. And it, I think that's one of the great things about Paul Gauguin. So I have to confess, I haven't scuba dived for a, a long time. Uh, but so I was put in the pool on the ship and did two hours of training, which was great. And then we went out. But there I am. I'm under the water. and um, And suddenly... These four bright yellow scooters go by because they've got these amazing scooters oh. where your head is above the water. Mm. And so they pump the air into what basically is a yellow helmet mm -hmm. and you're riding on a water scooter. And, and so these four people, they were all waving at me and I was waving back at them. It was a really strange moment, but really lovely. How fabulous. <laughs> so, Bianca, tell me more about the opportunities on board for guests in terms of diving. Well, I mean, Tahiti itself is world-renowned for scuba diving, and, and it just happens that the Gan does have all of the, the diving equipment you can need, plus, of course, a really professional, fantastic team yeah. of experts. So it means that, you know, like you said, you can do an introductory drive in the, in the pool before going out into deeper water. Or for people that are already PADI certified, you can get out and about with single tank, double tank and even nighttime dive. Oh wow. Um, yeah. It's it is really amazing. And the fact that you can do it right off the back of the ship, you know, you don't need to go to shore first. Yes. So it means you're really sort of maximizing your days whilst you're there. 
That's so about agree. that's about as immersive as it gets. I, I, I'm I sold. I want to do that. When you just mentioned <laughs> the night dive, how incredible. It's quite yeah. incredible. And, I mean, for anyone, though, that, you know, isn't into their diving, the snorkeling is, you know, second to none as well. Um, we have complimentary snorkeling equipment that the guests can use for the duration of their voyage. So it's quite literally in most places just a wander off the white sand beaches and you can go straight into the water. It, it's fantastic. Yeah, so you really don't need to be a diver or an with any experience. I mean, the, the Gogan really caters for absolutely everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, something that's so fantastic is it, it is a bit of like a, a pick-your-own-adventure. We do have a whole variety of shore excursions on offer that have been curated over our, our many years of experience there. I know I went on a, a scenic 4x4 drive uh, when we were on the island of Hanavave up to, it's called the Bay of Virgins. This was in the Marquesan Island and it was one of the most amazing sights I've ever seen, looking over this lush scenery, the volcanic landscapes, your private little yacht there, the Paul mm. Gargan below you. It's really special. Yeah, it's fantastic. There, there are a number of land-based shore excursions. I, I still remember going to a an amazing pineapple distillery where they had not only pineapple champagne, but every pineapple liqueur you could <laughs> possibly imagine. There was nothing they hadn't made from pineapple. Oh, it wow. was really, I'm amazed anybody got out of there standing on their feet, to be honest. The other great area I remember was Bora Bora, which, of course, is an amazing lagoon with sparkling colours and that uh, fantastic mountain rising at the centre and the coral reefs around it. It's absolutely picture book stuff. Uh, as one of the passengers said, you know, this is a screensaver moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very that's, modern description. That's, don't you think? Yeah, that's next level from postcard, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? So now it's my screensaver. Yeah. Well, yeah. between the two of you, I've got to say, I feel like I could just melt off my chair right now. I'm so <laughs> jealous listening to all the experiences. But I want to know now a little bit more about the ship herself. So tell us about the Paul Gauguin. Well, look, I can give you a little bit of a history. Um, she's 25 years old. Uh, and once one much like myself, yeah, 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 well, right. yeah. I'm surprised you're 25, Rose. <laughs> Thank you. Um, once part of the Seven Seas Fleet, an ultra luxury brand, um, now Regent Seven Seas, so obviously really well fitted. She was owned by a local hotelier and climate activist before Penant, the small ship luxury brand, bought her just before the pandemic. Bianca, why don't you take up the story? Yeah, absolutely. So that's correct. I mean. Horrible timing on our behalf, <laughs> making the purchase of a cruise line just as a, a global pandemic set in. But um, gosh, we don't look back now, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, she was destined for the islands of Tahiti with a, a shallow draft that makes access to places like Bora Bora um, easily. She was built to sail these islands. And she's been there, as you say, for 25 years, celebrating a 25th birthday this year. You know, there's so very few cruise lines around the world that boast that single destination experience like that. So it's something that makes her really special. And I think you'll find that the name Paul Gargan is synonymous, not just with the locals, but people all around the world. Yeah. So she's well known when wherever she goes, people see her coming and gets uh, she gets the warm welcome, no doubt. And there's a fun mix of guests on boards from Americans, uh, where Paul Gaga has an enormous brand and is she's very well known in America, 
She was named, of course, after the famous French painter who made the Marquesas his home. So you'll find a relaxed mix of cultures. She's an elegant ship, a great spa, three restaurants, mm. serving local food and French cuisine. In fact, while we were there, I think we had moonfish, which is that oh. huge fish that you only get in French Polynesia. In fact, one of the big highlights of uh, the Paul Gauguin is she is one of the few cruise ships in the world that is able to serve you completely fresh local fish. Mm. There are, you know, as you can imagine from American lines, very strict regulations. But mm. actually, the Paul Gauguin can whip it out of the sea and whip it onto your plate in no time. Probably a bit of an exaggeration. Well, but, the other but ships just have to joke about that, that they've got the, <laughs> net, the nets out the back and a few <laughs> lines as they're cruising well, along. I tell you, moonfish ranges up to, I think it's 800 pounds. So you wouldn't be, wow. catch, you wouldn't be catching that in your net. All the sweets have balconies. There's a pool, a marine deck where you can use kayaks and paddle boards. So, so really lots to do. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you mentioned, food is such a great part of that Paul Gauguin experience that you say that there's three restaurants and I just love the, the variety. Yes. But no matter how long you're on board, you'll never get sick of it. You know, Le Etoile, the the main dining area, um, international cuisine and a new menu every night. You have La Veranda. It's a very French and your fine dining destination. And then you go to Le Grill, which I think it sounds like is your favourite, as is mine too, <laughs> where they serve all the sorts of fresh fish and Polynesian specialties. So, yeah, um, yeah it is really, really fantastic cuisine at sea. Yeah, and the chef is actually a Californian, Paul Ellis, who has lived in Papetier for 11 years and is married to a French Polynesian. And he showed us um, some of the local delicacies, in, including that moonfish, which he said was small at uh, – I think he said it was 200 pounds. Um, and he laid it out on the deck and showed us how to fill it. It was that and then minus it up. the, with or without the garlic and the butter. Ah, uh, yes. He didn't have any garlic or butter on it at that time. And we That's had another it, 300 pounds. But we yeah. had it grilled for dinner and it was really sensational. Yeah, as you say, the crew are, are one of the highlights of the ship. And that's what keeps people coming back year after year to Paul Gargan. They are truly a special bunch. They're, they're just like a family. Paul Ellis, as you spoke about, he now boasts that uh, a lot of his chefs are now bringing on their sons or yes. daughters as mm. apprentices. And then you think of, um, I'm not sure if you came across Pascal while you were there, yes. who is uh, one of the singers on board, and she does a fantastic Edith Piaf uh, oh. rendition night, which is a lot of fun for both the French and international guests. And she's been there since 2014. So it is quite like her second home. The ultimate days. song of all time is La Vie en Rose. Where was I? Why wasn't I invited? <laughs> this is killing me, you so guys. True. This so is true. so convincing as the most Brilliant trip of a lifetime. I have to say, by the way, that uh, Pascal's pianist, who's an Argentinian, is really brilliant. And we, we actually got him without Pascal one night in the bar and he played some jazz. It oh, was wow. fantastic. Absolutely amazing. He went on for more than an hour. I don't know if you saw the crew show, did you? Yes, they, um, I did. They tend yeah. to do a show and there's such an array of talent. I know, yeah. Some hilarious right through to amazing singers <laughs> and musicians. 
Yes. Go well, ahead, it just right. it sounds as though this is really such a tribute to an incredible ship in one of the most beautiful parts of the world, and it also really sounds like the crew on board are the most perfect people to be on board, and the guests really get to enjoy everything at its best. Yeah, absolutely true. And we actually only saw two other ships during the entire you know, two weeks we were sailing around the islands. So it really was Paul Gauguin's area, we felt. And I believe Ponant has done some refurbished work. So she's in top condition. Absolutely. You know, as I said, she's 25 years old. So it was it was time and it was a great opportunity for Ponant to really invest in her future. Um, and like you say, she's looking fabulous. Um, the whole inside has, a, has had a facelift. There's beautiful dark woods and greenery. It kind of mm. invites the, the Tahitian landscapes in. So she's looking really, really lovely. Yeah, I thought La Toile was particularly, the main restaurant was particularly looking for Tahitian because they've got some great wallpaper with very, very big trees on them. Oh, how divine. I mean, I'm a major fan of Gauguin as an artist and his works that really portray the best of Tahiti and the islands and the plants and the greenery and those vibrant colours of the of the floral um, scenes that you get there. So I'm dying to know what the refurbs look like and, um, and also about any cruises that are coming up. Bianca, what can you tell us? Well, so we've got... Uh, 2023 and 2024 are open for sale. Honestly, if it's not broken, don't fix it. We've been doing this for so long. So these itineraries have been shaped over time. Mm. So there's very minimal we change with the exception in 2024 and possibly um, my favorite addition is a place called Wapu, which is out in the Marquesas. Um, So it's around about 50 k's south of Nukahiva. And so we've added this and, and Wapu actually translates to pillars. Um, so you arrive into this harbour and the tallest of them is over a thousand metres high. Wow. This huge granite pillar. I think the scenery, more locals experiences, it will just be fantastic. Wow. I can't wait to see that when I'm on board. This sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you, Rose. You've we been, get Peter. The, we okay. get the message. No, we get you, the message. You've been. <laughs> now, for those who are like me and wanting to jump on board and uh, and experience this next, what are some of the special deals that people can get hold of at the moment? So for first-time cruisers with uh, Paul Gargan or Penant, like yourself, Rose, yes. you can enjoy $400 off. That's AUD per person for a right. first-time cruise. Um, and then similarly, we have uh, our early booking bonuses where you can save up to 30% by booking ahead. So the earlier, the better. And we'll actually be opening 2025 in mid-April. So for anyone looking to get a good deal and uh, looking to submit their travel plans uh, in the future, I highly recommend taking advantage of that. Now, Bianca, I believe that the Paul Gauguin also has um, all sea views in terms of the Ocom. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, over 70% of the staterooms actually have a a private balcony. Oh, wow. um, Which is of course, a really important asset when you've got the the beautiful Tahitian climate. Yes. Um, and there's no interior staterooms. No one wants that no, when you're in French no, Polynesia. No, you want to open so that true. door and get that fragrant breeze. Oh, heaven. I have to say, by the way, another highlight was um, we actually stayed in Tahiti when we arrived, obviously, and then stayed uh, one day when we came back. Uh, and that was really quite – it really made the whole – Cruise quite restful. 
wow. We really had a good time there. And uh, it was another great opportunity to to hire a car and see a little bit more of the land. So I, th- I think most of the cruises do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it all depends on how they link up with the air carriage. Yeah. Um, so it's quite nice that oftentimes um, with, for example, three flights a week from um, Sydney via Auckland, um, et cetera, that, you know, you do have those extra couple of days yeah. to, to relax before you get on the ship or to take a little bit of time once you get off to, to see things from a different perspective. Yeah, no, absolutely. We made a few friends before we got on board, but it's a really good thing. Well, Peter, I believe you also made some friends while you were underwater. Yes, let's not go on about that. Poor Stingray. (laughs) I believe there may have been something captured on film, if I'm not wrong. It's absolutely true. So go to cruisepassenger.com.au and you can actually see me kissing that Stingray. You can also see it biting my hand, but that's another story. (laughs) Did you get her name, at least? Get her number? Let's make sure it was a her, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so once again, you can see that at the Cruise Passenger Magazine YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure that one's going viral. <laughs> but uh, but these are just some of the moments that can be captured when you're on board the Paul Gauguin and, and in the most exquisite part of the world. And Bianca, I just can't wait to swim amongst the fishes with you um, on the next opportunity. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you today. Oh, thanks, Rose. We'll we'll get you on there for sure. It's um, an opportunity not to be missed. It sounds brilliant. And I believe you're off to South America next. Yes, it's a hard job I have. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Well, it's certainly <laughs> um, different. I know. But, um, so I'm actually heading away over to Patagonia to sail the Chilean fjords oh. with um, a selection of, of lucky Kiwi travel agents oh. and their partners. Wow. So I'm off in just two days' time. Um, the climate's definitely not going to be Tahitian. We'll be no. there donning our, our polar parkas and gumboots as we explore the glaciers of that wow. um, that western side of Chile in South America. Yeah, not so many hammerheads over that way, I believe. <laughs> so you should be okay. <laughs> no stingray kisses where I'm going. <laughs> Sounds we absolutely wonderful. Yeah, we can't wait to hear all about that one too. Thank you so much for your time today, Bianca, and please travel safely. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed, Bianca. Great to talk to you. And you can find out about Paul Gauguin Cruises at discover.ponant.com forward slash Paul Gauguin Cruises or call your travel advisor. And the next edition of Cruise and Travel, our gorgeous print magazine, is on sale now at selected newsagents or subscribe at cruisepassenger.com.au forward slash magazine. Perfect, Rose. See you next time. See you next time, guys. Watch out. Stingray, Peter. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 